misleading We'll tell the lost in the road Of the God you've come to know And though you may not see just how He is working all things out All He's asking now Is will you go? How will people hear that there is freedom Or that the Lamb of God has overcome? We can be the hands and feet that reach them The time is now, will you be the one? Will you come where the shepherd's hand is leading? We'll tell the lost in the road of the God you've come to know. And though you may not see just how he is working all things out, all he's asking now is will you go?
Amen, amen. Well, welcome to Central Park Baptist Church. We're so glad you're able to join, join us this afternoon. If you would stand with me and turn your hymnals to hymn number 153, Jesus is coming soon. Hymn number 153, Brother Yule, you come lead us. again to bow before a holy and righteous God to thank you Lord for your mercy and for your grace and for your blessings Lord we thank you for being in this place on this day yes. we ask God that you'd be with brother DeVito as he stands before us tonight yes. Lord giving the words that you'd have to say mm -hmm. bless us in, as we leave this place and bring us back safely again in Jesus name Amen
Amen and amen. Now, if you're able to join us, remain standing if you're able, and if you're able to join us in singing hymn 87, hymn 87, uh, excuse me, hymn 97, excuse me. Hymn 97. Sing praise. 
coming to Central Park, making it in the afternoon service part of your afternoon. We're glad that you're here. There were many in church that haven't been for a little while because they're feeling better and number out of church that were now sick, okay? A lot of flu going around, and so I want to encourage you that if you didn't see someone in church today, uh, pick up the phone, give them a call, send them a text message, do something, encourage them, because if they're not missed, they will miss. And we're awful glad that you're here today. Uh, don't forget about soul winning next Saturday morning at 9.30 in the morning. We're going to go out and pass out invitations for our Christmas service. We will be having services on Christmas Day, December 25th at 10 o'clock in the morning here in the auditorium. There will be no Sunday school class. There will be no 2 o'clock in the afternoon service, just the one service at 10 o'clock. So I want to encourage you to, uh, to uh, be here. Invite someone to come along with you. And if you can come out this Saturday to help us pass out flyers about that, please come and, and help us invite others. Don't forget about the Blick Beyond box out in the foyer for the Philippines. Um, a lot of material was put in that box. I was very thrilled when I checked it just a little while ago, and it looks like it's almost full now. And I want to thank the people that have been giving uh, for that, and I know it will be a blessing to the missionaries there. Also, don't forget about our church directory. We're almost done with the uh, photographing part of it. Uh, we will have a makeup day on December 11th. That's next Sunday. Next Sunday is also our, our church's Christmas party. Amen. We're having a Christmas uh, party or a banquet uh, this next uh, um, Sunday after the morning service. We'll be going right into the uh, foyer. We have a special speaker that's going to be here for that. Uh, that's going to speak to, I think we have skits planned. And um, they're going to be imitating Mrs. White and Mrs. Marco this next year. Uh, <laughs> no, if I want to sleep, that's not going to happen. And uh, uh, so, but on the 11th, we're also going to be having photographs for those who missed the opportunity to be photographed. So at the end of the service, we have just a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Sign up there so you can get in there quick and uh, get those photographs taken because we want everybody included. Uh, with this directory, amen. So if you're not having your fo photograph taken yet, please stay next Sunday afternoon and get that taken, all right? Don't forget about Ladies Bible uh, Study this Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning. And I believe that's all I have for uh, right now. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I'm missing something. I do want to encourage everybody to be here for the banquet. If you didn't sign up for food for the banquet, there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer on the bulletin board. Please sign that up as well. Don't forget that Christmas is, of course, a time of gift giving. Amen? We like to get gifts. Uh, I like getting gifts on Christmas. I like getting gifts uh, on my birthday. I just like getting gifts. I love to give gifts, actually, more than I like receiving gifts because... I can give stuff a whole lot easier than I can receive because usually if I want it, I'd buy it anyway. That's uh, <laughs> what my wife says, amen, as we've gotten older. Anyway, everybody would like to have a gift on their birthday, and on Christmas Day, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, and I want to encourage you to be a part 
of our you know, Christmas gift for Jesus. Amen. We have special envelopes made up for it. You just take and you fill this out, no matter how much it is, $5, $10, whatever it is that, you got, that God has placed on your heart. Ask the Lord what you'd like right. to, he'd like to have for his birthday. Yeah. Right. Amen. My wife asked me, what do you want for your birthday? Because I have no idea what to get you. I say, money. And she says, I don't have that either. And so, uh, but uh, um, just uh, ask the Lord how much you should give. And then put it in the envelope and then drop it in the, one of these two boxes on the end of the Lord's Supper table. And we take that money out of there and we put it especially. What we're trying to do with what uh, with capital that comes in this uh, this Christmas is we're going to continue to work on our, our um uh, kitchen, amen. And we got about nine thousand dollars laid aside right now. We need about another five, six thousand dollars. I'm not saying that's all going to come in at Christmas. It could, and more could come in. If you can write a check for five dollars, write a check for five dollars. If you can give fifty dollars, give fifty. Whatever God puts on your heart, amen. I know that in our family, every kid at least gets thirty-five dollars spent on them, and that's not a lot. <laughs> Boy, this has got quiet because people yeah, don't. Uh, <clears throat> well, at least seventy-five dollars is what you should know. <laughs> I just want to encourage you to give Jesus, get him in your budget, Amen, uh, for Christmas time, so that uh, God. Listen, you can't outgive God. What you give to Him, He's going to give it back to you in abundance, and so we want to be able to do that for His birthday. I just love telling the Lord I love Him, Amen. And one of the ways that we can love our Lord is by giving our tithes and offerings. You didn't know how I was going to tie that in, did you? Giving our tithes and offerings. And this is the time we're going to give our tithes and offerings this afternoon. And so let's pray. And then if you have a tithe or offering, bring it up here and, and put it in the, in the plate. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to give to you. We love you very much. We thank you for what we're able to do uh, with what you give us, not only personally, but uh, also as a church. We appreciate so much that you allow us to give to you from our heart. A cheerful giver is what you look for. And thank you for allowing us to be cheerful givers as we give back to you what you've given to us in this tithes and offerings. In Jesus' name, amen. God, you have something? You come right now. you're able to rise we'd love for you to join us in singing hymn 85 hymn 85 we'll do the first and last verses of hymn 85 hymn 85 amen hymn 85 Oh, come all ye faithful 
a verse of hymn 291. Afterwards, we sing a verse in the chorus. Please greet each other as we prepare for this afternoon's sermon. A hymn and a verse of 291. Hymn 291. Sing along. Ah, Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people come and die. With his manna he does feed and supplies every need. Oh, tis sweet to sup with Jesus all the time. Come and dine. Come and dine. The master calleth. Come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. To the hungry calleth now. Come and die. Amen. Please briefly greet each other at this time. Asked, and uh, I think preacher said this a couple months ago. Uh, during greeting time. If you want to shake someone's hand and you, they offer it to you, you want to shake it, don't be afraid to do that. Amen? If you choose to do that. If you don't want someone to shake your hand and someone puts your hand up, just nod your head at them and they won't shake your hand and then you don't have to worry about it. Amen? But, I, you know, you can do that and it's not going to hurt you. And I know that folks are asking if they can and yes, you may. Amen? All right. Brother? Amen. Amen. that separated me from Christ my Lord it was so vast the crossing I could never afford from where I was to his domain well it seemed so far I cried dear Lord I cannot come to where you are so he came to me 
special. All right. I'm thankful for the opportunity I have to preach this afternoon. And uh, um, uh, if you would continue to pray for pastor as uh, they journey back this week. And again, I uh, just pray that it's a restful time for him. I know for him, it's kind of hard to settle him down and and make him sit down for a second because he's he's a worker bee. But I uh, just pray that, that he gets some rest while they're away. And then as he comes back, he's revived and refresh for us so just continue to pray for them if you would uh, turn your bibles to matthew matthew chapter number six matthew chapter number six yeah (laughs) i did i did kind of get nervous this morning when brother marco said matthew i was like oh no (laughs) oh no is he gonna preach the same message but thankfully the lord uh saw fit not to do that and uh And so here we are, Matthew chapter number 6. If you're able to stand, if you would stand with us for the honor and reading of God's word. Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 19 is where we're going to begin reading here. The Bible says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. And nowadays they steal uh, things right off your porch if you're not careful. All right. Verse number 20 says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Verse number 22 says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. 
If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and men. And then if you would look at verse number 25, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet, uh, or, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not your life more than meat and the body than raiment? Look down at verse number uh, 32. The Bible says, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for, uh, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Verse number 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Notice it says kingdom. That means God's ruling. God's in charge. He's, he's the king. Verse number 34 says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall uh, take thought for the things of itself, Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. This afternoon, I'd like to preach a message entitled this, The Misleading Appeal of a Worldly Lifestyle. The Misleading Appeal of a Worldly Lifestyle. Let's pray and then you may be seated. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you once again for this opportunity I have to preach. And I pray, God, that you'd be with the words of my mouth and help me only to say the things that you'd have me to say. And I pray, God, that you'd use me in a special, mighty way as uh, these are your people, Lord. And I pray, God, that you'd speak to uh, each heart individually. Lord, we love you and I thank you for all you've done. And that's all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> my freshman year of college, uh, some friends and I were at the local mall and I went to Bible college in Oklahoma City. And so there's a mall called Penn Square Mall. And we were up there and we were just walking around, you know, uh, basically wasting time. And as we were walking by some of the shops, we noticed this one place. And uh, I, I don't remember the exact name, but it was titled something like this, uh, VR Arcade. All right. And so uh, we, we were automatically attracted to it. And so we went over there. And they had this little uh, booth, if you will, and, uh, and they had a VR headset, virtual reality. And you could go over there and, and you could put on the headset and you could grab the controllers and you could, you could uh, play a game while standing there. And, and it was all free. It was, uh, and we could do it for a couple, it was only like two minutes, two to five minutes. And so we jumped in line and we were standing there waiting and and it was just kind of funny as we were in line, we were watching the people there and, and no matter what they were playing, they were all, you know, uh, moving around and then some of them would get scared and try to run away and they're bumping into the, into the guards there and, and they were just, it, it seemed like they were, they were having an awful time. And so we finally get up there and, and I remember it was my turn and I put the, I put the VR goggles on there and, and I stepped into this virtual reality world. And, and I don't remember the exact game, but I, I do remember it seemed so real. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like, like that monster or, or that thing that I was shooting at was coming after me. It seemed so real. And I remember as I was there, I was, I was running around and I was, I was ducking behind things. And, and I'm sure my friends were laughing at me the same way we were laughing at people. But we were just standing there and, and, and I could almost feel the, the breath of that creature and, and the wind in my hair. And, and, and it, it seemed so real. But in reality, it was, it was fake. Yeah. And in reality, when I took 
took the goggles off, well, I was back on planet Earth, if you will. All right? It, it was all fake. It wasn't reality. You see, today, the world is trying to sell us a VR headset. Yeah. They're trying to sell us a virtual reality headset. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they've... And they, they have this title underneath it, A Life Without God. You see, this world is trying to get us to put on these VR goggles and view life through the world's eyes. They're trying to get us to view things through, uh, through a worldly mindset. What we see through these goggles seems so real. I mean, you can almost taste it. You can almost feel it. But in reality, it's fake, misleading, and it's just an illusion. You see, this world lives for what they can see right now. Yes. If they don't see it, they don't yes. believe it. Yes. Yes. And Christians, if we are not careful, can fall into this very same trap. That's good. That's good. You see, first, we must remember that, uh, we are a, uh, that we are a soul that has a body. We're not a body that has a soul. No, no, no. We're a soul that has a body. You see, this body is only temporary. And, and praise the Lord for that. This old flesh is only temporary. Because yeah. the Bible says when we're, when we're resurrected, when we uh, are raptured out of here or when we die, we're going to be given a new body. Yeah. Okay? A glorified body. And, and in your mind, you may think, you may think uh, you're a younger age. All right? And, and I know I, I have nothing on some of y'all. I'm only 23. But in my mind, I think I'm like 18 or 17, you know, right in there. I, I, I think I'm invincible. Right? Yeah. And the other day, we went to this, uh, uh, we had the College of Career and Young Adult Activity, and we went to this place called Group Dynamics. And uh, they, they do different games there. And one of the games we ended up playing was dodgeball. And, it, and it's been a few years since I've played a competitive game of dodgeball, all right? But I remember as we were playing, playing dodgeball, uh, you know, and I got into it. Man, towards the end, towards the end, I was huffing and puffing. My back was hurting. I, my arm was hurting. I was, I was like this, hoping somebody would hit me so I could go sit down on the sideline and, and get a breather and get something to drink. And uh, I had to step away and go to the restroom because, I mean, my nose was bleeding and I was, I was sucking it back in. And I was so mad at myself. I was like, come on. I used to be able to do this. All, I, used to be, I used to be an athlete. Come on. And then I stepped back in a few years later and all this is happening. And I'm starting this young. I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah, and I say all that to say that your spiritual life is important. Your spiritual life is very important. You see, this world wants you to put on the glasses and see how exciting life can be without God. You see, and it's all around us. You don't, you don't have to go far. You turn on the TV. It's on the commercials. Uh, you, it's on the billboards. You can't even go in the grocery store anymore without seeing it. How, how this beverage or, or this thing will make your life better. How, how this alcoholic yeah. beverage is so good for you. And we're having a great time over here with my buddies. You see, people are openly sinning and having a great time without God. So it appears. And my friend, Christians have been dealing with this falsehood since the beginning. Since, since the Garden of Eden, when Satan, Satan tried in the garden to get Adam and Eve to live independent from God. He tried to get them to separate. He said, if you, you eat of this fruit, you'll be like God's. Your eyes will be opened. And, and again, he, he sprinkled a little truth in there. Yeah, their eyes were going to be open. 
okay? But in reality, what he was trying to accomplish was trying to separate them from God. And it opened, it opened the, the gates there for sin to enter into the garden. You see, this world is, is appealing. It, it's attractive to, to our flesh, to us. I mean, you say, I could, I could have this job. I mean, I mean, if I didn't become a preacher, I, I could have continued on playing baseball. I could have continued on doing this. I could, have, I could have had this job. I could have been making millions. And I, I'd mentioned that to the, to the youth department upstairs. I said, Brother DeVito, why didn't you continue on in that career? I mean, you could have made all this money and then came back to our church and, and gave us all this money. <laughs> and, and in reality, that's how we think. That, it's, it's true. Why not? But, but in reality, I, I don't know where I would be if I would have continued down that path. But I do know this, I would have been apart from God's will. I would, have been a, I would have been in a place that God never intended for me to go. You see, Solomon, and I believe the richest man ever to live, uh, he had it all. He had it all. And we could go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 2, and it listed all, all, everything he had. And you get down to the bottom of, that, uh, bottom of that chapter. The richest man, one of the wisest men ever to live. And guess what he said? Vanity. All is vanity. All. In other words, it's empty. In other words, I, I, I had it all. He was trying to tell us, I had everything you could ever want. Your desires, I had it. I had a kingdom. I had, I had a, every, everything. And at the end of, the, end of his life, he found that it's emptiness. There's nothing. There's nothing there in the riches of this world. You see, if you try to live a life without God, You'll never be satisfied. You see, when you, when you make things of this life your ultimate goal without regards for what God says and you're living a worldly lifestyle, you're being misled. You see, what we need to do today is simply take off the headset. Simply take off the virtual reality. Simply take off the goggles that's viewing the, the things of this world. Simply take it off. Set it aside. And see what God says about things that have eternal value. You see, here in this passage, God lists many things that uh, don't necessarily have earthly value, but have eternal value. In this passage of scripture, we're looking at things through the eyes of God. You see, Jesus here in this passage is teaching his disciples. He's teaching them how to reach the world, how to, how to gain the world. You see, they were, they were being distracted by, by the world. And he set them aside. He got them away from the multitude there. And he got them aside. And he began to teach them these things. And I, I wish we had time to go back to the, to the following chapters. But here we find uh, two extremes. You see, they were surrounded by these men called the scribes and the Pharisees. And, and in reality, these men were two extremes. You see, this one extreme was that they lived for the praise of men. Yes. That's simply what they lived for. Right, right. They lived for somebody to come by and say, hey, brother, hey, brother. You're, you're so spiritual. When I, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. They, they lived for that. They, they only prayed for that reason. They only went to church for that reason. And, and the people of this day were looking at them and, wow, mm, he's so holy. Wow. Mm, that Pope over there, mm, he's, he's wonderful. 
And that's how they viewed it. Wow, I want to be just like him. I want, a, I want a spiritual life just like him. And that's what they were viewing these men as. And, and oh, he does, he does with that. I mean, he's, he's barely eating. I mean, look at, look at how skinny he is. He's barely eating over there. And, and they, were, they, were, uh, they were, in turn, they were fake. You see, uh, these men had lots of money. Lots of money. You see, the people of this day, they would call them spiritual. But in reality, they were just better at hiding their sin than most. You see, then you have the other spectrum of, of Pharisees and scribes, like a man by the name of Nicodemus and another man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea. And, and they had a right heart. They, they desired to know the Lord. They desired to know this man by the name of Jesus. You see, the main issue with these Pharisees here in this day was simply that they were selfish and prideful. And maybe somebody in that day and time, maybe even the disciples, saw how fake they were, saw how phony they were, and they decided they wanted nothing to do with church. They wanted nothing to do with God. They wanted nothing to do with this man named Jesus because of the life that those Pharisees lived. If you would look back at verse number 19, it says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and still." Say, Brother Peter, what, what does all that mean? Well, sometimes it, it helps me to go back and, and find out what it doesn't mean. You see, it, Jesus here isn't saying that, that you can't have a retirement plan. That's not what he's trying to say. He's not saying you can't, you can't, store, up, you can't store up money. No, that's not what he's saying. Because in, in Proverbs, he says, go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Why? Because she stores up food. During, during the months of plenty, she's storing up food. We learn about Joseph there in, in Genesis and how during the, during the times of plenty, he would store up for the times of famine to come. But what this verse is simply saying is your goal and passion in life ought to be to serve God. That's what he's simply saying. You see, you'll be tempted to pick up that alluring possession, especially in this holiday season with Christmas fast approaching and you got Black Friday this and Black Friday that and Black Friday starting in September and all that stuff, okay? You got all these allures coming and you're going to be tempted to pick up every possession. Oh, I need that. Mm, I need that better toothbrush. Oh, man, I'm going to have to get that. Oh, oh, it's on sale, 25% off, but it's still $300. Okay, I'll take it. Okay, you're going to be tempted to get those possessions. But my friend, you need a treasure in heaven that you don't have to secure. You need, you need a, a treasure that, hey, you don't have to worry about buying insurance on. You know in heaven, there's no car insurance. You know in heaven, there's no home insurance. You know in heaven, hey, you don't got to worry about none of that. Yeah, there's no electric bill. There's none of that. You see, the things that are eternal are secured by God, God himself. If you live for the things that are eternal, God will bless. You see, someday, someday, and even as Brother Marco alluded this morning, someday, my friend, all this that we see, it's going to burn up. All this that, that we hold dear, it's going to burn up. It's going to be for naught. It's going to be vanity. And that's why you need to live for something that's not going to burn up in the end. Yes, sir. What is your life here on earth reflecting? Yes, 
Is it a life that desires uh, to go to heaven? Or is it a life that wants all the possessions on earth? Is it a life that lives for heaven? Lives for, for heavenly things? Lives for things above? Or is it a life that, oh, I need this. Oh, 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 Brother Vito, I, I, just one more. Just one more of this. One more of that. One more possession. One more car. I, I know I got four, but I just need one more. Okay? Lay up your treasure in heaven. Lay up your treasure in heaven. Look back at verse number 20, if you will. The Bible says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither uh, moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. The Bible isn't saying here you can't have great wealth. That's not what the Bible is saying. Because you, you can look back and see on Abraham's life, Abraham had great wealth. Solomon, uh, we mentioned him earlier, he had great wealth. And many men throughout the Bible. But the problem is with, with even these men, no matter how wise they were, is that when they got their eyes off of heaven and off of God and got their eyes on their possessions and what they had, it always led to problems. It always led to trouble. What do you value most? What do you value most? You say, well, I, I don't know, Brother DeVito. I don't, I don't know. Well, let's go back and check your given records. If we were to go back and pull everybody's given records and say, okay, let's see. All right. Well, they gave $5 here. They gave $5 here. But um, they spent $10 at McDonald's. They spent this over here. What would your giving records show here at Central Park Baptist Church? What would they show? What would they tell us is most valuable to you? Is it the ministries and the things of God here? Or is it other possessions and things? Well, Brother Vito, you don't understand. They're going to take my car away if I don't pay, my, if I don't pay that bill. Okay, but are, are your tithes and offerings here covered? before we were taking care of other things out there, before we're getting another car or another this or another that. You see, our eyes must be single focused. We must have a single focus. And that's what he's, uh, Jesus would give an illustration here in verses 21 on down to 23 on about the eye and how our eyes must be single focused. You see, you can't drive your car and be focused on the kids in the back. No, you can't do that. You can't. Trust me, I've tried. All right? <laughs> you can't. All right? No, you gotta you gotta be focused on the on the road ahead of you. You you can't be turned around while you're trying to drive. But oftentimes we try to drive the car of our life and be focused on other things. We're looking over here, we're looking over there. And it, and in turn, we're living life on the edge. Yeah, for sure, you can turn around while you're driving and be looking straight back. But again, you're going to be living life dangerously. You're going to be living life on the edge. And may God help us to see things clearly. You see, you can live your life dangerously if you are not looking at things through the eternal lens of Scripture. Too many Christians are going through life living for what they could see right now. See, serving the Lord, serving the Lord is more important than serving yourself. Amen. Serving the Lord is more important than serving yourself. You see, and, and the passage would 
would refer to that in verse number 24, that no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and them. You see, uh, you will only, you will serve a master, uh, you will serve a master, only God keeps things secure. You see, your boss isn't necessarily going to keep things secure. Uh, a man is always changing, but God is unchangeable. You see, you cannot uh, be two master slaves. The focus of your life must be on eternal things, because if not, it will be on the on things that won't last. The things of this world are temporary, and you will be living for the wrong goals. So let me ask you, what really matters in life? What really matters to you in life? You say, Brother DeVito, come on. <laughs> I, I've been saved for over 50 years. I, I, I already got this down. I, I, check mark. Whoop. All right, I, I, already, I already turned you off. All right, we got a check mark. I, I got this covered, Brother DeVito. Oh, whoa. be careful. Because any of us can get our focus off of heaven and get our focus on things of this earth. Do you want, do you want a life of peace? Do you want a life of satisfaction? That's what this old world wants. That's what they're searching for. They're searching for a life of peace, a life of satisfaction. Well, if you live your life under God's rule, then your life will have meaning and purpose. Live for eternal things, not for your pleasure and comfort. You see, my friend, this world is misleading. It's very misleading. It's lying to you. It's trying to get you to turn away from the things of God. It's trying to get your focus off. It's trying to tell you, oh yeah, uh, do this. But don't, don't go to church. Do, come over here and, and do this with us. Come, come to work. Come do this. And they're trying to get you away from God and the things of God. That's why it's very important for all of us to be careful from putting on the goggles. You see, this world isn't necessarily going to come to you and strap on those goggles. No. They're going to set them in front of you. And guess, guess who the one is to put them on? You. And if you're not careful, they'll set it in front of you and you'll be the one to go over there and put them on and start viewing things through worldly lens and start viewing things from a worldly mindset instead of setting your affection on things above, not on things down here. You see, we must view things through the lens of Scripture, through the eyes of God. And when you do that, my friend, I promise you, your life will have meaning and purpose. And you don't have to worry about being satisfied or finding peace because God will supply that. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around, please.